Hi, I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 39, and I'm going to call this episode How I Made a Huge Mistake and What's Forgiven. This is the second time that I've recorded this podcast. Yesterday I sat down and I recorded a podcast with some tips for joyful unschooling. And when I finished, I started to edit it, and then I decided that I would take my computer from my bedroom where I had been recording, and I would go to the family room and finish the editing. So I unplugged my computer, closed the lid, picked it up, and carried it down the hall to the family room. And when I got there and opened up my computer... I discovered that I trapped my headphones inside my computer and they had cracked my computer's screen. There was no way I could use my computer. I couldn't edit my podcast. I couldn't even save it. And I just couldn't believe what I'd done. Such a simple mistake and such a big consequence. It's going to cost an awful lot of money to get my computer's screen fixed, to get it replaced. It's actually a top-of-the-line model with an extra-large screen, high-definition, and I think it's going to cost me quite a few hundred dollars to get my computer up and running again. Now, this computer is actually a replacement for my another computer that I, I had an accident with. Last November, I can remember the day. It was the 10th of November last year, and I remember the day vividly because it, it was the death day anniversary of our son Thomas and I got to the end of the day and I was quite glad the day was almost over because as you can imagine anniversaries are quite difficult and after dinner I was sitting at my desk with my computer and I think actually I was editing a podcast again at the same time and Sophie brought me a glass of red wine and I thought oh this is nice the end of the day tomorrow the big weight will have lifted from my shoulders the anniversary will be over for another year. I felt more relaxed. I sat there with a glass of wine. I put it next to the computer. And I don't know what happened. I turned around suddenly and the wine spilled all over my keyboard and killed my computer. So I was devastated. That really didn't finish the day off very well at all. All I could do was sit there and cry. My husband Andy was absolutely wonderful. He told me not to worry about it. He said accidents happen. And he would buy me a new one. So a few days later, on a Saturday, he and our son Callum went up to the city to have a look at computers for me. And they came back with, um, yes, as I said, a top-of-the-line computer. Much, much more powerful and better than the one that I had spilt the wine on, even though the other computer was pretty good as well. And I just couldn't believe that he had spent so much money on me on a new computer especially when it was replacing one that I had damaged by my carelessness. And he has answered to Andy, you didn't need to buy me such an expensive computer. And he just grinned and said, you need a good computer. You use your computer all the time. You need it for your work. And my work, I don't get paid for anything I do. Maybe I hope to earn a few dollars from the sales of my children's novels when I start publicizing them properly. But most of my work is just blogging, podcasting, video making, doing things online with the girls, keeping my homeschool records. 
none of that work produces a profit for the family, though it is certainly something that benefits our family, especially everything related to the homeschooling and education of our children. So it was really good to feel that Andy, my husband, valued the work that I was doing. So I've been using that computer for the last eight or nine months and really enjoying it up to yesterday when I cracked its screen. Yes, it's high-definition, extra-large screen. I felt pitted. The bottom fell out of my world. And again, I just sat down. I burst into tears. I went off to my bedroom and I lay down on my bed and I just cried. And a few minutes later, Sophie came and she knocked on my door and came in. She saw me lying on the bed crying and she sat down next to me and then she cuddled up around me, put her arms around me and said, it's all right, Mum. And I said, no, it's not all right. Look at the damage that I have done. Look at all the money we're going to have to spend on a new screen for my computer. Money that could be better spent on something else. Money we don't really have to waste on a mistake. And she said, Mom, I've got a little bit of money in my bank account. You can have that. And of course, that made me cry even more. The girls made me lunch. I didn't really feel like it. A cup of tea. They all rallied round and said, Mom, everybody makes mistakes. It'll be all right. It's funny how the world can seem beautiful at one moment and very grey the next. And breaking a computer screen isn't a big suffering at all. We've been through some big suffering times in our lives and the computer screen is absolutely nothing when you think about it. But yesterday, my yeah, the clouds just wafted in over my world. I just felt so, so depressed and down about the whole situation. After lunch, my son Callum, he came round to visit me and he invited me to come and have a cup of coffee with him up at the village cafe. I explained to him that I was feeling down, but yes, I would love to go for a cup of coffee. He gave me a big hug. He said, Mom, I'll sort your computer out for you. I'll take it up to the city. He said, Mom, I'll even pay for it. And then when you can afford it, you can pay me back. Now, Callum is marrying his fiancée, Casey, in three weeks' time. I don't think he has an um, excess money to spend on his mother's computer. He needs all his money for his wedding and the beginning of his married life. And so, of course, I told him, no, we would find the money for it. But I was just so touched. I just felt so loved. He would do that for me. My children rally around and give me what they have to make me feel better. Now, breaking my computer screen yesterday isn't the only thing that has gone wrong in the last couple of weeks. It just seems like every day there's one more unexpected thing that happens that has to be dealt with. Medical appointments, I've had to arrange for two specialists in the last couple of weeks for my girls. Nothing life-threatening, but involving medical specialists that cost a lot of money and a lot of worry about, yeah, things that I wish my girls didn't have to deal with. And the computer screen isn't the only screen I've broken recently. A week ago, I was running down the bush tracks near home, and I had my iPod on my arm, where it usually is, and I was running with the dog down this fairly steep part of the track, and it is covered with a lot of roots and loose stones, and I stumbled. I don't know what what happened, but one moment I was running down the hill, and the next moment I had done a bit of a somersault, and I was lying there on my back. 
I winded myself. I didn't really want to get up. I just wanted to lie there with my eyes closed for a minute. But I knew that two of my girls were coming up the hill in the distance and they would have seen me fall over and they would see me lying on the ground and they would worry about me. And if I didn't get up quickly, they'd probably think, well, is mum okay? Has mum died? So I made myself get up. The dog was licking my face anyway, trying to work out what I was doing down there. And I'd injured both my hands and my arm. But I, I, I was all right. I, I'd saved my legs, and that's the most important thing when you're running. I can run with sore hands and a sore arm. I can't run if I've hurt my legs. So I wasn't too concerned about it. That was until a couple of days later when I went for my next run, got my iPod out, and discovered I'd cracked the screen as I'd gone over. And so I took that down to get repaired a couple of days ago and discovered that that's going to cost a lot of money to be replaced as well. Yeah, one thing after another. Those clouds that waft in on our ordinary lives. And they're not big things, but altogether, one after another, you begin to wonder, you know, what's happening? I I can't deal with all this. And then when I start to think about it sensibly, I think, look, they're really only tiny things. Don't worry about it. But yesterday, I was worrying about it, about this cracked screen. And when my husband Andy rang in the early evening, when he does, when he leaves school, he just gives me a, a call to say he's on his way, so I'll know what time to expect him. He asked me how my day had been, and I said it was pretty awful. I'd cracked the computer screen. And I told him the whole sorry story. And all he said was, don't worry, Sue, we'll get it replaced. And I said, oh, but no, I've already rang a couple of places. It's going to cost a lot of money to replace that screen. And he said, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about the money. I'll do some jiggling about with the bank accounts. We'll find that money somewhere because you need a computer. And then I reminded Andy that I'd also cracked my iPod screen. And he said, well, that was an accident too. Accidents happen. I just had two in one week with two screens. But yes, it wasn't my fault. And then he said something which was really lovely. He said, when I fell over and cracked my iPod, I damaged the iPod, yes. I damaged my hands a little as well, but they're healing. But it could have been a lot worse. He said, what if I'd broken my leg? or chip my teeth. He said, I got off very lightly. All I'm doing is spending nearly $200 fixing my iPod. He said he didn't care about the cost of the money. He just cared about me. So I'm thinking about mistakes today and forgiveness. I can remember times in the past where I found it very difficult to forgive the mistakes of people in my family. I have said such things as, why did you do that? Couldn't you have been more careful? What were you thinking? And of course, that doesn't help the situation at all. We can't go back in time. We can't go back and think more carefully. We can't do things differently. We may think more carefully in the future, but it doesn't change the present situation. We have to accept that and move forward. We can make people feel really bad when we do say things like that, when we won't forgive them for the mistake. Hey, think about forgiveness. Do we need to forgive people for making mistakes? Mistakes are just accidents. We don't plan to do them. 
So that's why I think calling my podcast How I Made a Huge Mistake and Was Forgiven is really a funny way to express it because I shouldn't need to have been forgiven. And of course, I was, I wanted forgiveness, but my family didn't even consider the fact that I needed forgiving for that. I had just had an accident. Sometimes I think it's harder for us to forgive ourselves when we do something wrong. Yes, I got into a bit of a, a low mood yesterday. I got bogged down in a bit of misery. Oh, woe is me. My life is really difficult. I can't do anything right. I could have made everybody else really miserable as well if I had uh, persisted. Yes, sometimes I think we need to move on ourselves. And instead of dwelling on how bad life is and how difficult all these little incidents are, instead I can say, I'm really blessed. I am loved so much by my family. Look how they rallied around when I made a mistake. I really think I am a very lucky woman. So this is a very different podcast to the one that I made yesterday, the one that I've lost. But it, it is funny that this subject of forgiveness is one of the tips that I was talking about yesterday. Because what I did was I made a list of 10 tips that I think would help families to unschool joyfully. Or maybe it would help any family to live a more joyful life. I really should say these are tips that we have found to make our lives more joyful and I wanted to share those in the hope that maybe they would help somebody else but recognizing the fact that all families are different and maybe they wouldn't but I was going to share them anyway and I wanted to share that one about forgiveness about forgiving mistakes instantly because when we forgive our children learn to forgive as well and they turn around and forgive in their own turn they feel loved when we forgive them and they make us feel loved when they forgive us. And so that strengthens the bonds in a family and makes life more joyful. And I am just so thankful that, yes, we do forgive each other because I felt those strengths of bonds yesterday when I made my mistake. And I'm feeling a lot more joyful today. So I don't know if I'll go back and make that podcast again. I just had a few simple little tips like that. But we'll see that when my computer screen gets fixed, whether that my computer auto saved that file anyway. I certainly didn't expect to finish making my podcasts and then find myself in the position where I needed to use one of my own tips for joyful unschooling. It's funny how things like that happen sometimes. Now that I have finished telling you about my huge mistake and how I was forgiven, I have a few lighter things that I'd like to share with you today. First of all, I want to report back on a few things that I've talked about in previous podcasts. Now, do you remember maybe two or three podcasts ago, we were talking about learning to write, tips for helping children write, to how to encourage children. And I mentioned cursive writing, and maybe it isn't important to insist that a child learns how to write cursively. And I admitted that my daughter, Gemma Rose, who is 11, can't write cursively. I tried to teach her a few years ago, and she dug her heels in and didn't want to know, said she didn't want to learn how to do it. 
And so I gave up the struggle, put it to one side and thought about it, and thought, yeah, maybe it isn't important. She can print very nicely. Can you get through life with just printing and typing? And I think you can. So I thought the battle isn't worth it. So I have a story here that made me smile yesterday. So that was combating the tears. I actually smiled in the evening because I found Gemma Rose practicing her cursive writing. And it was Sophie who was teaching her how to do it. And I said to Gemma Rose, what made you want to learn how to write cursively? And she said, well, I was looking at Sophie's writing and it's so beautiful. And I thought, I would like to learn how to do that as well. So I went up to Sophie and I said, can you show me how to write like you do? And they've been sitting side by side. Sophie's been writing things out. And Gemma Rose has been copying and asking questions and practicing. And then just before we went to bed last night, Gemma Rose came and showed me all she was doing in her notebook. And I said, well, I know how to do a very fancy H and a very fancy D. Would you like me to show you how I do mine? And she wanted to know, so... I've got in on the act as well. I was showing them how I do cursive writing and we were swapping ideas and we were telling each other which letters we liked best Um, because there's no one way of doing cursive writing. It's all our own style. That was something that made me smile yesterday. Children, if they need or want to learn something, will get there in their own time. Now, a few weeks ago, I was also telling you how my girls were writing NaNoWriMo novels or National Novel Writing Month novels. And they seem to be doing a lot of English, a lot of writing, a lot of reading, and not a lot of science or maths. And I said, well, what am I going to write in my homeschool records book? There's no maths there. There's no science, hardly any history or anything like that. It's a lot of English. A lot of creative arts as well because they were writing a lot of blog posts and doing a lot of photography, that type of thing. And my homeschool records notebook looked a bit one-sided. And I said I wasn't really worried about it because I find that over time things even out. We might have an English-rich period for a while and then we might have a maths-rich period. Just go into different phases. We don't tend to focus on everything all at once. I can remember the other thing that we were doing at that time, and that was Shakespeare. We were watching Shakespeare every day as well. But I'm happy to report that we've moved on to a new phase. We're still writing, of course, but we've picked up a bit of maths and a bit of science over the last couple of weeks. The girls got interested in science and maths because of a few resources that I tempted them with, and I shared these with you last week. First of all, there was the Story of Maths uh, DV series. I might have actually called it the Story of Mathematics in my last podcast, but when I googled that this week, I found out that I'd made a mistake. But I did say it was by Marcus Q. Sautoy, I think. And we've watched a few episodes of that series, and it's on YouTube at the moment. And it has sparked a lot of mathematical conversations it sent us off on a search for some more information about the golden ratio. And that led us back to the Number File uh, YouTube channel. And there's a lot of videos on the Number File channel that we enjoy watching. We hadn't been there for a while, so it was good to get back. And then we discovered that the golden ratio has an association with photography. And of course, that interested Sophie. 
and I found a few articles about the golden ratio and photography and comparing it to the rule of thirds. And so that was interesting as well. So lots of maths to go into the notebook. And then we've had some science entries as well and also history because we've been looking at the history of medicine. I found a series, and I mentioned it last week, about the history of medicine called Pain, Pus and Poison. Last week when I mentioned it, I we hadn't actually watched it, but it sounded good and so I thought I'd tell you about it. Well, this week I can report back that it is very enjoyable. There's a few moments where one or more of us had to avert our eyes because of things like needles going into people's hands. Uh, there was a few horrendous looking diseases which made us feel really sorry for the victims of these diseases. But um, it was a very good series. It was presented by Michael Mosley, a British TV presenter. It's a BBC series. And he's a wonderful storyteller. And so we went back in time to see the development of drugs and how they combated various diseases and even eliminated some diseases like smallpox. It gave us a lot of things to discuss. It also sent us on a search for more information. And then I headed over to the Open Learn website and they have a lot of articles and things on that website associated with the DVD series. I found a few articles which I clipped, popped into my Evernote notebook for the week and which Sophie and I have shared. And yeah, the things like there's a notorious criminal called Anne Cotton who poisoned, I think, about 16 people with arsenic. Ten of those people were children. She got caught eventually and hung. But, yeah, it's such a disturbing story, but also such a fascinating story in the fact she got away with it. On the Open Learn website, I found an article that mentions Anne Cotton and other interesting things. So, yeah, it captured our imaginations. There was a lot of chemistry involved in that Pain, Pus and Poison DVD series and that sent us back to the Periodic Table of Videos website and YouTube channel, which is one of our very favorite channels. Lots and lots of videos about the elements and molecules and everything to do with chemistry. Such wonderful presenters. The professor on there is very enthusiastic. I'm sure if you watch those, if you haven't seen them before, you will come away loving chemistry. Those videos really gave Charlotte a passion for chemistry a couple of years ago. Also, I went looking this morning for a book that I bought maybe a year or so ago called The Elements. I think it's Theodore Gray is the author. And that is a beautiful book. Big, glossy pictures of all the elements and some information about each one. So we're going to be diving back into that book as well. So there's a few resources there that you might be interested in. Oh, there was another program last night that we watched. I needed cheering up, so I said, look, let's watch something together. So we, we Chromecast a video from, it was actually the SBS uh, website, but I found that this program is also on YouTube. It's called Uranium, Twisting the Dragon's Tail. And it's presented by Dr. Derek Muller, who is the host of the YouTube channel Veritasium. I don't know how many episodes are in the series, but yes, we enjoyed the first one. 
And this morning, Sophie said, it looks like I'm back at my favorite subject, the world wars. Because, of course, uranium, we left the first episode at the development of the atomic bomb. So this morning, I went around looking on the shelves for books about the world wars, ones that the older girls, my older boys even, had have read years ago, and which I suddenly thought, well, Sophie's old enough to read these. She can read these ones by herself. As I was going around the house looking on the bookshelves, I discovered a lot of books and even board games and uh, science kits and other resources that I had forgotten about. I thought, wow, look, I could read this to the girls, or Sophie would like that, or here's, here's a book for Gemma Rose. There's this, a kit up there that we haven't got out for a long time. And it made me realize that, uh, yes, we have a lot of things around our house that could be being used, but we've just forgotten about. And sometimes when life gets a little bit quiet, a little bit dull, when we don't have any spark for learning, we don't know what to do, what I should do and what I have done in the past is to walk around the house, gather up some of these wonderful things and put them where we can see them and we might actually start using them. Yeah, do a bit of strawing, put them on the coffee table, wave them under my girls' noses. Hey, look at this book. This might be interesting. Use them myself. So I suppose I did a bit of strewing this morning. I'm feeling, feeling quite excited, actually, by using some of these resources with the girls. There's just one more thing I want to mention, and that is the Young Writers Treehouse blog. This is the blog that my daughter Imogen has set up with a number of her young writer friends. It's the one that Sophie has been working on as far as design goes, helping them set up their template so it works properly. And actually, Sophie wrote a guest blog post for this blog the other day. I think Imogen has a team of regular writers, and they're posting a post maybe every second day on the blog, all things to do with young people and their writing, lots of tips and things. It's a very interesting blog, so if you have any young writers in your family, they might like to hop over there and have a look and see what's going on. And also Imogen says they are looking for people to write guest posts. So if they are young writers and would like to submit something, I'm sure she'd be pleased to see it. Well, I think I've come to the end of what I wanted to say for this week's podcast. In a minute, I'm going to save this file so I don't lose it. I'm going to make sure my headphones aren't caught in the computer. It's Sophie's computer that I'm using this morning. She very generously said I could use it first thing. She didn't need it. I think she would have given it to me even if she did need it. So she has trusted me with it, and I'm not going to make a mistake. If you'd like to hop over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, I'll put those resources in the program notes and anything else that I can find that's related to this podcast. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do that through iTunes or you could follow it through Podbean. Of course, you can also keep up with my podcasts through my blog. I post them on my blog as well. So I'd like to thank you for listening to me today, to listening to all my tales of woe. And I'll be back next week with another podcast. Until then, trust, respect, and love unconditionally. Thank you.